Welcome to the Dirt to Dollars podcast. Hosted by Central Kentucky Extension agents, Whitney Carmen, Daniel Carpenter, and Matt Adams. Where we talk everything from the dirt on your land to the dollars in your hand. Welcome back to another edition of Dirt to Dollars. It is the week of J- July the 12th. It is, we're right in the middle of July. I can't believe it's flown by. I don't know about you all, but I mean, they're already talking about back to school stuff. Where my kids are, and I'm like, oh my gosh, stop it. It's still summer. <laughs> or so. they go back to school like the, the end yeah. of J- July now, don't they? Yeah. That's what <laughs> it feels like. I would well, say that maybe ju- it's not flown by. It's maybe it's floated by. Maybe. Yeah. Cause it has been wet. We've been getting a lot of rain and somebody was telling me yeah. last week to don't, don't be cussing away the rain. Don't be telling, don't be I saying don't. we can't rain. But, I just uh, don't want it to rain four inches in an hour. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's spread been, it out a little. That's my thing. And um, it looks like it may not rain on Thursday this week of our farmer's market knock on wood. So oh, that's maybe, good. Cause that's like maybe it's every day, every week. Yeah. yeah. Most places here in Car- Hardin County, I was talking to somebody yesterday and we sat down and figured it up from Wednesday of last week to Wednesday or to Tuesday of this week. It had rained at some point every day. We'd gotten really? rain every day for in Hardin County straight. as a whole. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you I'm think not... on one side, you're like, well, that's good, right? Uh huh. It's still good. Yeah. It, it's still it, good. And, and I agree because it, it's going to make things. You're going to lose. You're going to flood some stuff out and some low spots and stuff, but it's not going to be enough to offset the good that it's doing. Don't right. try and argue this with me. I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing. And I mean, but generally, <laughs> high yielding environments also do what? We're going to have other issues. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, more disease. Right, right. Still more disease. An overall win, but uh, especially yeah. for staying wet every day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it doesn't seem like we've had a lot of sun this week. Mm-hmm. Not um, this week. We very haven't. foggy nights. Um, so that's probably the the uh, the text that a lot of our grain farmers got this week uh, mm-hmm. from their fellow farmers and mm-hmm. from their crop consultants. Where are you going with this, Daniel? a little rusty. Getting a little <laughs> rusty out here. It'll yeah. Spray yeah. a little WD-40. Mm-hmm. So I guess you're talking about Southern rust. It has been confirmed in Kentucky and sorry, Union County, but I'm calling you out. Um, but it, I mean, I knew it, it's, you could kind of see it coming. It's this time of year. And, and then we had the weather pattern we had. I mean, we all knew it was going to make its way. And if it's, if it's in Union County, it's in other Western Kentucky counties. Exactly. Well, and and I just kind of have to, I pick on Union County. I love Union County, but you know, they got to be the first at everything. So little (laughs) Iowa, right? (laughs) Little Iowa, Dr. Gordon Jones, to quote him. Yeah. Back at Western. He always called it Union County, little Mm -hmm. Iowa. It is. It's flat and there's corn everywhere. So I can't. Can't disagree there. But anyway, as far as Southern Rust is concerned, I know Kirsten Wise and, and the plant pathology group down there and plant disease group at Princeton and obviously at UK, they have um, put together this publication and recommendations on what to do as far as spraying and if and when you need to spray. Now, would you think um, uh, how, how susceptible is our corn going to be once it gets here? Do you think... Is a lot of our corn going to be made by the time it gets here? Or are we going to no. You don't think so? Mm-mm. There'll be some. Mm-hmm. But now, I think it, it gets here before a lot of it's made. 
Yeah. Now don't go out and rush and start putting on fungicide just for southern rust because mm -hmm. you think it's coming. But I will say I saw a helicopter this weekend. I texted you all when I saw it. Yeah. Oh, saw they're running in. They're running. Yeah, now. they're running in Hardin yeah. Rue County now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I just it threw me off and guard. Probably should it be. Was, um, yeah. With all yeah. things considered, but mm -hmm. I think especially this, there, you know, a lot of the corn got planted early, um, but there was a lot of corn that didn't, you know, yeah. kind of, it got wet and then it got kind of planted. A basically, late. those are really going to be. It's basically, we've got two crops out here. We've got crop that was planted early to mid, some in late April, and then crop that was planted mid-May on. Right. And that mid-May on is mm -hmm. what's probably going to be in danger. Yeah. The later, Which, the later. How many years the last five have we had to spray fungicide on late planted corn? A lot. Well, yeah. you've, you've had say to do a it's lot. Three to four. Yes. Three to four. Yes. And and whether you needed it or not, I think a lot of people sprayed just to be safe. But on my side. Anyway. Needed, I think. Three or four out of the last five we've needed it yeah. on the later planted stuff. That's one advantage early planted corn is a lot of you're going to outrun the rust more than likely. Sure. And you're also going to outrun a lot of these other leaf diseases, gray leaf spot uh, being one of those. So mm -hmm. you, now, you can outrun the disease on some of this early planted stuff. But yeah. The later planted stuff, if you've got a decent wet summer, you're. And see, we had talked about, and we had talked about last week, I think, just about how much. The rain, we were waiting on that rain that was going to make the corn pop and, and tassel. And I think we, a lot of that made it, but there's going to be a lot of that late planted that's not. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. Um, I'm going to, I'm watching that, I, that I'm pipe or I am, I am pipe uh, website that they, that the specialists so, around the states use. Yeah, that was the mm -hmm. Union County case was announced Monday. I really mm -hmm. expected to see a few more counties pop red by mm -hmm. now, and I checked yeah. this morning, and well, I think down there it's been, that part of the, the state, they've been just overrun with rain since then. So they they, yeah, they may have, may have had to get out in their kayaks to try and <laughs> scout corn. Well, we were, I was talking to a, there was a couple of agents on a, a meeting yesterday morning, and they were talking about how some of them had five plus inches in that day and a half span and so they were completely flooded that was down there way west kentucky line trig caldwell those groups and yeah that's not any good not for as, us as hard a rain as there's been in places there has been some places that haven't got there's been some misses mm -hmm. most of kentucky i think scott i was talking to farmers kind of on the other side on the tennessee side and mm -hmm. um, they had gotten like a quarter an inch to a half inch when a lot of people around them got five Mm -hmm. four or five inches so they've been not, you know a long line of storms coming across getting everybody but it's been very sporadic and how much mm -hmm. and how hard it rained and 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 all, all across our area yeah wife and i ran into another farming couple from hart county down around the hardyville area over the weekend and they were saying that was saturday i guess mm -hmm. and they were saying before saturday they'd missed all the Everything. rains that we've gotten basically in the last three weeks well, and they were dry at home at, at in my at my house it's we've missed a lot of those rains that were you all were getting because i mean you are further south than us so along the river there was a lot that not getting it 
So once again, I mean, the rain's good. It's just these, these showers, especially the ones we've had in the last day and a half. It's like when they come and they, they hit you, it is, it, you can't see and it's, it's awful. So, so So Whitney, Whitney, be ready for the tomato uh, issues. Listen, I've already got them. (laughs) I've already gotten two phone calls in the last 24 hours about tomato issues. So it's important to mulch Mm -hmm. your plants. Even, even if you got mulch, I don't know that it matters Mm -hmm. when it rains as hard as it's been, it's going to splash stuff up. It is, it is, but we've had some, you know, we're getting to the point where we're having blights, you know, corn's having the rust issues. The tomatoes are having the blight. And so, you know, if you've got those, got them, bring them in, we'll send them off or we can look at them and kind of tell you what, what we think mm-hmm. it's going to be. Or if so. you need some fungicide recommendations, yes. let us know. Cause it's probably yep. time to be, it is putting those Absolutely. on to prevent yep. issues. So one good thing about all the, the wet weather, I know we've talked, I think last week about wheat harvest wrapping up and it was mm-hmm. a really good wheat crop, had a lot of straw out there to try and plant through. Mm-hmm. And I heard a lot of reports of people having trouble getting beans down into the dirt, planting double crop beans, and mm-hmm. we're putting some basically in the straw. Mm-hmm. Well, when it rains every day, even those beans that are in the straw, it's kind of like remember Push the them down, yeah. <laughs> well, remember the the science experiment in elementary school where you took the bean seed and you wrapped it in mm-hmm. a wet paper towel and put it in a mm-hmm. in a ziploc bag and hung it in the window. Yeah, the living Same seed concept. necklace. We yep. still do it with our kids at, in, in Grayson County. So, yeah, yep. so I think we, we probably saved some bean stands this last week because yeah. a lot of those beans that are just laying in the in the straw mulch, they're mm-hmm. going to pop up and probably make it and be okay. Well, and, and on the soybean side of things, I think if you've got some full season beans, now would be the time to also be looking at your target spot and some of those issues that might be showing themselves, be scouting for that too frog eye leaf spot mm-hmm. to what we seem to deal with mm-hmm. most commonly yeah not target you know I, my brain's back in you were thinking about tobacco yeah yeah <laughs> i am Ugh. you well, know what, what i'm talking about though <laughs> Red, i'm talking about issues with crops what about with animals one thing i've noticed is that uh somebody else that likes the water are all these flies yeah you know, my place in my house we have a lot of flies mm-hmm. and then uh the sheep which I mean, they don't generally have fly problems per se, but they've I've noticed a lot of sheep sticking They're around on their backs. Yeah, mm-hmm. but a cattle Horrible. cattle dealing with flies and what what does that cause for the cattle? Kind of issues. Mm-hmm. Pink we're eye. Ha- yeah, yeah, we're having issues with pink eye. Yep. So and- I've been hearing quite a bit of it. I think, and it seems like it's always generalized in areas. I don't know what the thing is, but I've uh, heard of a little hot spot kind of in the western part of Hardin County last week that uh there's several producers right there next to each other that are all fighting is it on the meat or the Grayson County line it's not that far west (laughs) it's not on the line anywhere it's like you need to let me know (laughs) but yeah a lot of people fighting pink eye we fought it at home uh Mm -hmm. we worked everything Saturday and uh, treated several for pink eye then while we had them up so. well and and i you know generally you're you're giving a pink eye vaccination you know most people are but it's sometimes the strains are a little different and so i mean you're not going to catch everything and this year you know there's always going to be a few you're going to have to treat yeah your pink eye vaccine's only mm-hmm. catching one certain strain mm-hmm. and it's so it's just a crap shoot on whether yeah. you got that strain or not yeah 
and I don't know, I always, this, we, I think we debated this too about clipping pastures and things like that, you know, just with helping with the irritation of the eye. I don't necessarily know if that's a cause of pink eye, but it does help with, you know, irritation if they do have it. So that's another tip. Well, and controlling flies too is probably mm-hmm. a thing with that also worth mentioning. Um, but as far as having them in the house, we have them in the house too. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we've had, obviously we've had some storms come through that show up on the weather map. Did y'all hear about this other storm that we supposedly had? I think it was Tuesday afternoon. I did. But, but how much solar, was a solar yeah. storm? Oh, there's there's been one of those going on in Hardin County in the last few months. Oh, <laughs> now, no, but this is this is solar flares. Yes, which that's a. I mean, it happens. Solar flares happen. It's just the significance of them depends on so how like, it affects us. Were we supposed to have been able to have seen it or something? That's the first time. Now, I heard now about technically, it. I think when you have these, you might theoretically could see like what is it called aurora borealis aurora borealis when you see the aurora aurora borealis borealis and uh uh, but you know like you can see them in the northern uh atmosphere i guess maybe close to the magnetic Mm -hmm. poles or something with that you know you, you can see those flares entering the atmosphere but technically you should have been able or could have been able to see it if it was a big storm i don't know if it ended up being big I didn't notice any kind of change to anything. They Um, said that there was a chance that you could have like cellular devices and stuff. You know, some of the satellite type um, technologies would maybe have a few issues, but I never, I never had any issues, but. Now I don't know all the science behind it, but I think there's like potential that you could have really big solar storms or solar flares Mm -hmm. like that and could really take out Mm -hmm. communication stuff. That's Uh, exactly what we need. Yeah, so just uh, sometimes it's good to have some old, good, trusty analog types of uh, ways of doing things. Yeah. Um, you know, if we're anymore, even as farmers, too, we're so reliant on uh, cell phone, uh, GPS, GPS yeah. all those things are affected by a simple mm-hmm. solar flare that we can't control and that really don't get a very short warning when those are going to happen. So, well, anyway, this says, sorry, I'm on NASA. Sorry. <laughs> uh, it says the flare is classified as an X 1.5 class flare. And it says X class denotes the most intense flares while the number provides more information about its strength. So an X two is twice as intense as an X one and X three is three times as intense. So 1.5, I like, I mean, have we had a five? Have well, we had so a- how would we know, right? Because like how long in our history have we had telecommunications where we need to know about right. solar flare? Like we've could have had some, I think we've actually had some bad ones in the early mm-hmm. uh, 1900s, late 1800s. Mm-hmm. Um, but the tel- telephone was just being invented. Developed. So how did we Yeah, you know? think that, did that knock their internet out back then? I guess so. <laughs> I don't know. I have to Google that and find out. But yeah. Um, and I'm probably would find something that say they, they did have internet problem. Yeah. Knowing the internet these days. So anyway, I thought that was interesting. It's not something that we really, I mean, I'm sure there's some scientist somewhere that probably knows and knows what to look for to realize how many of these we've had in the past and how bad they were or whatnot. But um, it could be a new thing that we start to hear about is solar flares. And, and since we're so reliant on that kind of technology these days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
because the problem is, is that it hits the, it hits the outside layer of the earth. It doesn't penetrate. And that's where all of our satellite stuff is, I guess, if you will. So I'm reading more on it. Sorry. (laughs) I'm reading more on it as we're talking. So, you know, so much for show. Nerd it out there. (laughs) Listen, I can't help it. I think it's interesting. I do too. I do too. But no, solar flares, I don't, mm, if it happens or if it happened, I didn't know about it. Let's just put it that way. Hopefully we don't have so many that they start naming them like storms. What was well, the last storm that we had? Was it Elsa? Elsa. Yeah, it was I, Elsa. That should have been a snowstorm. It should have been a winter storm. Right. That's Why did they waste they that it? on a hurricane? I don't know. I hope we Let don't go, have a bad people. enough snowstorm to have to have one named this year. Good grief. But Cold doesn't of, bother me anyway. Yeah. Ugh. It does me. I hate it. Now, uh, we talked about solar, but what about, have, are you we hearing about you said there was something going on with water. Um, what are you? Oh, well, so out West, uh, yeah. I believe they're in a drought. And I saw a news article about Lake Mead, which is where basically a lot, um, I think it's the lake that the Hoover Dam mm-hmm. blocks, right? So yes. uh, it's like a humongous body of water that most of the West gets their water from. And it mm-hmm. is ridiculously low. Like mm-hmm. when you look at pictures and see where like, they call it like the tub line. You know, like, you know, mm-hmm. when you have that line in your t- tub yeah. where the water normally is, uh-huh. well, there it's like hundreds of feet below where it was uh, oh, just wow. a few years ago. And you can see the line and how far that's dropped. And uh, basically that's going to have, I guess there's been a lack of rain. There's been mm-hmm. a, probably an increase in water use. Uh, well, and they're having fires and stuff out there too. So they're, they're using water. Fires, they're having mm-hmm. um uh, the snow is not melting, uh, or the, the snow melt or the ice cap melts that they generally get, mm-hmm. I don't think were as abundant the last few mm-hmm. years. So there are a lot of things happening there, but, uh, I think it's almost to the point where it, it's probably not going to replenish. Like it's, it's kind of, it's not looking like it's going to be There's, able to replenish itself. Yeah. So they're going to be cutting water to people and, and restricting water. And obviously I California, California had already been asked to cut, right? Right. So what, you know, when you think about California, that's, you know, what do they call that? Yeah. Bread basket. Yeah. The bread basket of the country. And, you know, Mm -hmm. a lot of those crop like almonds that grow out there, they take so much water to grow. And, and a lot of, what's everybody going to do about their almond milk? They going to have to go back to drinking dairy. You know, I don't, I don't know how you milk an almond myself. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Very carefully. It's a, it's a very, very well, tiny milkers. Mm-hmm. I, all, all kidding aside, it's, it's a, it's going to be a problem. It is a problem. And I think what they're saying is, is, you know, people are saying you can't call the, I'm reading here something that says they can't call these climatic conditions a drought anymore because it implies that it's going to end and it hasn't, it hasn't ended in several years. Uh, fruits, vegetables, and nuts are facing shortages and cutting crops to, uh, to compensate. So they're even telling people to terminate their crops so that they can, not have to water it. So what that means for us as consumers is that prices are going to go up. Yeah, probably. Right? And also could be a, a marketing opportunity for, you know, if you're wanting mm-hmm. to grow fruits and vegetables. I don't, I don't know for sure. Well, that happen, but I don't know if you can grow. Um, they I have to have dry how. land. Don't yeah. they're, they're like a dry arid type. Cause that's why grapes grow so well out there is because they're, they, you know, they like arid and they're not, they don't succumb to a lot of the fungal diseases that we have around here. So uh, the older crops anyways, not the new ones that we've developed. But, but water is something we're blessed with here in, in central Kentucky. We yeah, no, we're fussing about it. For now. Here yeah. we are, you know. 
it will be interesting to see because if there is rules that are implemented or laws that are made to restrict water use, mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if those start to spread east like things typically do whenever mm-hmm. there's new new laws and rules put in place. So be interesting to follow. Outside of water management, they said two simple directives are to add to address the water scarcity is stop growing unnecessary grass and cut back on carbon use. That's what the they're recommending. Hey, I can be all about that first part. I didn't think there was much grass that grown in like I hate some of those unnecessary places. Grass. Yeah, they, well, they water it all. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know that. I, I don't know. For some reason, when I think out west, out there, I don't think. I think they have like rock gardens. I don't know. I'm just. Maybe that's it's like just when you me. fly over those cities, you'll see green, and then once you get out, once you see outside of the city limit, and it's like or it's the brown. County, it's brown because mm-hmm. they're not watering the, they're not mm-hmm. watering at all. It's the biggest waste of time and resources. Don't get that's right in there with my rant about fertilizing the yard. Speaking Why are you of, spending money and money and resources just to make yourself mow more? And it makes you mow more. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. cut it out. Well, I mean, my husband Save would appreciate people. it if he would fertilize, but that's, I'm just saying. <laughs> Some people rely on it to make money. Before we get into our guest, we'll talk about this real quick. Uh, mm-hmm. So the water levels are dropping out in California. Is anything else dropping like it's hot? Lumber prices. Yeah. Drop out like it's hot. Mm-hmm. Y'all yep. are welcome. Plywood. <laughs> if they say if you drive by a Lowe's, Put your, put your window down and stick your ear out and you can hear the prices drop. <laughs> so I saw a video this week of somebody, it was a contractor, and he said from one day to the next, plywood prices at his local lumber yard went from, I think it was $89 to $62 a sheet wow. in a day. So That why? sounds like some of my stock market stuff. Yeah, yeah. probably. <laughs> Sorry. Um, what What do you think is the reason for that? Because I paid a down payment on a building package like <laughs> four weeks ago, and it's Matt's dropped purchase has uh, taken care of everybody's lumber shortage problem. So thank, you, thank you for your sacrifice. Thank man. you for kind of like when I contract grain, you might as well be watching it because it's going to go through the roof. Let everybody know when you do it, Matt. Yeah. <laughs> no, but seriously, I wonder. I do. I am curious to see. Is it because? Um, you know, they're finally supplies becoming less of an issue and, and, you know, people are slowing down on some things. Maybe, I don't know. I just, was yeah, scared. everybody's yeah. just getting caught back up after mm-hmm. the big rush during mm-hmm. COVID. The bubble burst. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, so. Matt, we appreciate, <clears throat> we appreciate that business decision that you made um, <laughs> to move forward with that shop. And our guest today is actually going to talk about uh, some business decisions and how we operate our farm like a business and not a hobby and kind of how to differentiate the two. Whitney, would you like to give our guest an introduction? Joined with us today, we have Miss Tara Harden. She is the Area Farm Management Specialist for the Lincoln Trail Area Farm Business Analysis um, Program. Um, how are you this morning, Tara? I'm doing well. Thank you for having me on. Well, we uh, thought you wrote a really great article uh, that came out in our economic and um, policy article or newsletter uh, about two weeks ago, and we thought we'd be a good time to bring you on and talk about it. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. It's being one of those topics that, you know, hobby versus farming. And what am I? Um, it's one of those questions that most people, mm-hmm. most people we get. do all the time. <laughs> 
So if uh, before we get started, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, yourself and kind of how you got into farm business analysis and a little bit about your um, personal, because I do know you, you all farm on the side as well. Right. So I started with farm business management right out of my master's with um, University of Kentucky. So I've been doing this for about six mm-hmm. or seven years. Um, so if I've done my math right. Um, so started with that. I've always been in the Lincoln Trail area, cover a wide range of farms and diverse, diversity. Um, personally, um, me and my husband and my little boy um, live in Mee County. And we raise um, Katahdin and hair sheep um, on a larger scale than, than most around here. Um, so, yeah, that's just kind of a little bit about me. And mm-hmm. I'm, like I said, I travel for University of Kentucky with doing okay. management. Awesome. <clears throat> so the, the article being hobby or farm and kind of the, you know, the, the, the main reason that we're concerned about is it a hobby or is it a farm is tax implications and right. and what the IRS thinks about that. Right. Um, so I know in your article you mentioned I think there's like nine different factors that uh, IRS uses to determine the status of a farming operation. Which let's maybe start like which one of those is probably the most important of the of the nine? Would you say? like the most important that you want to make sure that you say, yes, I've done this. Yeah. yeah. One of mine, and it's not really a bullet point to be quite honest, Daniel, it's more of keep records mm-hmm. because it's on you, the taxpayer as burden of proof. Mm-hmm. So do you have um, production records? Do you have financial records? Um, that is, and that one key will help you kind of check off the rest of the nine boxes. So the records is, is it technically, you know, one of the nine, but if you have those records and you can show them, then you're going to be able to hit those nine bullet points without an issue. As extension agents, that makes sense. as extension agents, it seems like just about any, any kind of certification class that we do or any kind of licensure class yep. that we do. That's like the number one thing we say mm-hmm. is keep records, whether that's keep records. Know, economic records, whether it's production records, you know, um, the, for our breeding stock, whether it's uh, uh, chemical application records, which is a law, but still, you know, you need to have records of that and make sure that, um, you know, you're, you're, you're keeping track of what you're doing. And a lot of it's just to, it, it helps you be your best self uh, to keep those records. Right. And one of the bullet points is actually having some type of advisor. Mm-hmm. So saying that, you know, that you're going to frequent extension meetings, you know, you're taking those classes that it, I mean, that would help you check off one of those boxes is having advisors in your, in your um, corner, helping you make decisions on your farm, whether it's, you know, being on the farm analysis program or um, crop scouting, a grain marketer, Anything like that can um, classify that as being an advisor. Daniel, will you be my advisor? <laughs> sure. <laughs> now, I do see on here, and this is one thing that I do get quite a bit of questions on is, you know, profit. How many years, you know, do you have to make a profit a certain amount of years in order to be considered hobby versus, you know, business? Um, what's your, what does that say? What is that average? So you'll hear, Two out of five or three out of seven mm-hmm. is kind of what you'll hear running around. However, is that before depreciation or after depreciation? <laughs> That's also the kicker. Yeah, I was kidding. 
<laughs> took the words out of my um, mouth. Yep. Um, so one of the things with profit, there's so much that can happen within a year, especially mm-hmm. when you go to schedule F, because, you know, we can have multiple years within the same calendar. Um, you have your crops that can go bad. You have prices. So as long as you can justify what happened, even if you have consecutive losses for three years, mm-hmm. as long as you can go back and say, hey, but I'm, you know, I went to my gray marketer and I used his advice, but I still, you know, something still didn't work out. Maybe yours weren't the best. So as long as you can kind of prove what you did was in the best interest to make a profit, you're okay. You just have to improve that intent mm-hmm. to say, Hey, yeah, I really was trying to make money. I really don't want to lose this substantial amount of money and depreciation throws in a monkey wrench to anything. Um, just because you're trying to use depreciation to show a loss. Mm-hmm. So those times they're going to look at it before. So profit, you know, uh, showing a profit or showing, you know, the potential to have a profit or the, the you know, the, the drive to have business like decisions. Yeah. So that's, that was going to be where I was heading with this. So that's, you know, that's operating in a business like manner, right? Yep. So what are, are there any other examples of things we could do to be operating in a business like manner? Do you have a business plan? Ooh, good one. Do yeah. you have some type of, mm-hmm. do you have some type of schedule? You know, are you meeting with, um, input suppliers? Do you have, you know, are you watching the markets? Are you making adjustments? So, okay, I know that maybe I have, let's talk, you know, a cattle side of things, you know, am I colon when, when I need to? And am I trying to prove um, the calves that I send? Does that mean seed rep coming in, sitting in your combine while you're harvesting? <laughs> the, the, there'll be, I mean, if that yeah. is a meeting. Yeah, technically. <laughs> or, I mean, you can technically make it as easy. I mean, you can make it as simple as it needs to be, I guess, you know. And the one thing too, when you have to talk, when you're talking about the IRS and audits, how many do you think actually know what a form is? Zero. (laughs) (laughs) So most of the time, the farmer is really when these audits, educating the auditor Mm -hmm. more than anything. Okay. And so the simpler, the better. Yeah. I know whenever I sat with, with my CPA the first time, one of the first things they mentioned was to do a separate bank account. Cause you probably, I don't think we've talked about that yet, but that's probably something that's important mm-hmm. too. when trying to be yes. like a business um, would be not buying business purchases with your personal account. Correct. Right. I mean, you can, you can still do that. I mean, we've all exactly. had that situation where, you know, you've been out and you've had to buy some type of business item out of your personal account. But yes, having that separate bank account that you run everything through or mostly everything through is a great tip um, to help show that, yes, you are trying to separate personal and business mm-hmm. um, regardless if it's a farm. You, you know, you can just have a regular business and that's something that you want to do. So how common is it for, I guess, a farm to be audited by the IRS. Do you see that with your client base fairly right often? Now, right now, I'm not really seeing, I know we're talking about the hobby versus farm. I'm not really seeing the hobby um, farm type of audits. What I'm seeing is more labor, mm. you know, making sure people have the W-2s and the 299s yeah. sent out. 
Um, that's where they're hitting most people right now because a lot of people don't understand that they should be sending out to nanites and W2s. And what's the difference? Mm-hmm. Well, what um, is the difference? I guess that, that's so, a good question to, to ask. So the difference is just kind of simple. Mm-hmm. W2 would meet, would, would be that they are used at the time and have the materials mm-hmm. for them to use. Mm-hmm. That's when they should be a W2. A 1099 would be a contract worker. We're saying, hey, can you come dig this ditch for me? We use in your backhoe. Mm-hmm. And it's on your, and it's on your, and it's on their time frame, their schedule to do it. Right. And that's mainly the difference. That's a good, a yeah. Yeah. Cause that's a good question. <laughs> and, and I know that, like I said, with, um, we still have quite a few in the area, um, tobacco farmers that have um, migrant labor and they have to make sure and do all of that. So I'm, I'm assuming that, if they're in that program, that helps them out because they it have does, to, but they can still yeah. get audited. Yeah. Cause sometimes they'll have that one person that's not in that program that does something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, that's where I'm seeing audits, not necessarily the farm side of things. It's more of the labor because that's where the IRS can get more bang for their buck. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing. All my labor works for free. I don't have yeah. to worry about that. Right. <laughs> family right you get that family exemption so tara moving maybe away from the hobby versus farm just a little bit uh just a little bit of a different note we get the phone call quite often about tax exempt status Uh, right what are can you just go over the parameters for what's considered tax exempt for farm use and what's not as far as is there a certain you know you hear people say well i heard there's a certain acreage number there's a certain sales number uh what what's your general understanding of of what it takes to be tax exempt for farm use in the state of kentucky from my perspective it's you know the same i kind of go the same guidelines that I tell my guys, like if you're a farm operation under the IRS guidelines, then you meet that qualification. Um, if you're a hobby, not necessarily. Um, that's the guidelines that I set through and that I tell my guys that's, I'd rather be safe than sorry when it comes to that sort of stuff. So basically just as long as they're filing a schedule F, they have, they're showing some right. sales every year. You're right. They're making those business-like decisions and, yeah. you know, if, making those business if you're like operating decisions. like a business, um, then you probably yep. should you're be taxing tax exempt. Technically. Um, right. Correct. So, and so generally for these tax exempt things, uh, we talked about this a few weeks ago, maybe a week ago. I kind of don't remember. Can't remember. Can't, can't keep my week straight anymore. Mm-mm. But uh, I can't either. Generally, it's a, a form that you fill out at the, at the place of purchase that would, you would basically be self-declaring that you're tax exempt, right? Correct. And then the state just put out this new form. So it might be changing. Yeah. We, we talked about that uh, before we recorded, we're still learning about this new form and I'm sure we'll get information out as we learn more, but it, mm-hmm. to me, it looks like it'd be a form that we'd, we'd fill out and send in and maybe get a number uh, that we'd use. And that's mm-hmm. kind of all we know about it right now, but definitely be uh as we get information, it'll be, well, from the extension office, we'll be sending that out. Stay tuned. 
So, Tara, before we let you go here, uh, I know there's another important issue that we haven't talked about that we probably need to hit on. And uh, is there anything out there that you're telling your clients to be looking out for things that they're asking you about going into uh, uh, as we end kind of the the late part of 2021 here as we go into the end of the year to uh, plan that out for for this tax season? So one of the things that I've been already kind of questioned about not, and some of my guys are kind of concerned about is we got a lot of government payments at the beginning, or most people did at the beginning of 2021. Um, so they're already thinking that they might have income tax issues, especially some even got those good grain, grain cash prices too. So you're having good grain prices on top of um, high government payments again. Um, so there might be some tax issues um, coming from there that they'll wanna start planning out in October. With that being said, you know, coming back from 2020, we had to push in a lot of grain sales and cattle sales into 2021 income because there were still tax mm -hmm. issues in 2020. So it's also kind of, it's just mm -hmm. compounding um, with all the payments that people are getting. Not necessarily it's a good or a bad thing. It's just one of those things that um, has to be planned for. Um, so people aren't looking for a very high tax liability with um, several years in a row. I'm trying to plan that to make it where you're not paying, you know, extremely high one year, having a refund the next year, then high again the next year. We want to try to make that. Um, as little as so possible. So start yeah. looking out for what pieces of equipment you need to replace and buy right now so you can run out in 179 <laughs> it right at the end of the year, right? I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that, Matt. I did not say that. I'm just saying look to see if we have issues. Now, some of my guys are going to listen to this and say, hey, Tara, I've read that as what Matt said. I need to go buy some equipment. That's not what I said, people. <laughs> Well, even and I'm, I'm a small timer, you know, farmer, um, but I do operate as a business. Make that clear, IRS, if you're listening. Um, but I, you know, even just. He's an STO. Small, business, yeah, you're, yeah, STO. <laughs> small oh, okay. time operator versus a BTO. Gotcha. So the, uh, <laughs> it threw me off. There's also. <laughs> it's all see, right. I don't know my acronyms. You've been in ag long enough. You, you'll figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> There's an acronym for everything. Oh, well. <clears throat> I may just need to tell you to S-T-H-U. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, but, you know, dealing with, and, and a lot of younger farm families will be getting um, child mm -hmm. tax credits these next few months, and that's, you know, going to affect mm -hmm. our tax incomes, uh, personal and, and then trying to, you know, offset things with schedule F's. And I don't even, I don't even know what that's going to impact, uh, for, for our family, but I think there'll be a lot of, a lot of people dealing with mm -hmm. their tax bills next yeah. year. They're probably going to be interested. I feel sorry for the tax preparers and people like Tara that are going to have to deal with, you know, deal with it. It's, and if you are a producer listening and you, you know, your, your tax preparer does it, or in some cases your wife that does it, you know, keep all those records, you know, that's <laughs> help them out a little bit. Make sure you've got everything together. And one of the things too is, you know, you are getting these advanced tax credits 
mm-hmm. um, for dependents. Um, one thing is, you know, find a safe piece of paper to write down when you get that money, like when it's deposited or when you get that check. Because just like um, the mm-hmm. stimulus payments that we got in 2020, your tax preparer might require you to say, hey, did you get this or did you not get this? Just because we know with the IRS payments were coming and going, some people didn't get it. So just find a safe, go ahead and just find a safe piece of paper that you're always going to keep within your tax documents um, and with that information down, because that might be one piece of information that your tax preparer will need. And I'm not for sure what documentation IRS is going to send out for that right. as well. Tara, if anybody out there uh, wants to learn more about Kentucky Farm Business, uh, your all's group, and uh, or maybe wants to talk to you about getting involved and uh, becoming one of your clients, who, how do they need to go about that? Well, one thing is that they can always contact their ag agent and you guys can point them in the right direction. Mm-hmm. Um, and also you can always um, contact um, me at um, tara.harder.uky.edu. Um, you can find us on the website, on UK's um, website. Um, so yeah, or give the office a call. All right. Well, thanks again for coming on with us thanks, today. Tara. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks again to Tara for joining us. And once again, if you need to re- reach out to her, uh, it's uh, tara.harden at uky.edu. That's T-A-R-R-A-H dot Harden, H-A-R-D-I-N at uky.edu. And I know she's super helpful and be more than happy to help you out if she can. I had one question I forgot to ask her. What? How do I get my farm considered a not-for-profit? Mm-hmm. <laughs> probably be good, good for you to know. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'll have to email her. Yeah, she'll have to she'll have to help you out there. Just a joke. Don't don't come on me, IRS. <laughs> like they we, we talk like they listen to our podcast. Right, you know yeah. they do. <laughs> so you would see that profit at the end of the year. Yeah, it's a fun time of year for us extension agents, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it is the end of end. year end of year reporting our fiscal year yes. ends at the end of June. So we're all finishing up our reports and they were due, um, as we're recording this, they're due tomorrow. So are you all done? I'm, we I'm were supposed to do reports. reports. I'm done. Matt, yeah. you're not done. I knew I forgot something. I am. I don't know about you all. And I hope our administration is not listening to this because I, it was hard for me to do it this year between a pandemic and a baby. We were, you know, I still got my contacts, but it was just, it was, it was hard to, re- hard to report this year. Your contacts, like for you to see? No, my contacts for people that I came in contact with. Oh, okay. I believe I'd rather wear glasses. I don't think I could put those in my eyes. <laughs> I can't either. I don't, that's something I don't think I'd ever be able to do. Luckily, I couldn't do it. I don't think couldn't I could put it. in contacts. I can't You use eye drops hardly. I ain't me neither. I don't know what it is, but. I guess once you do mm-hmm. it, you just get used to it and you don't think about it. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. And my eyes are watering just talking about All right. it. Yeah, let's change the subject. You're giving me the heebie-jeebies. One thing we talk about, we've been talking a lot about marketing or um, been talking a lot about different markets and mm-hmm. uh, kind of wild price swings. We talked about lumber. We talked about um, uh, food. And the, food. And the yeah, we talked and, about food. Yeah. What's another one that's been kind of crazy here another market 
used trucks. Used right. Trucks. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Y'all see mm-hmm. all these trucks on Facebook yes. and it's like a domino effect because uh-huh. it's like somebody says, sees that somebody posted their six month old truck for $5,000 more than they paid for it. They're like, mm-hmm. Oh, I'm going to do that too. Right. Mm-hmm. And, but, but I have in some situations, the there are dealers that are buying because there was a shortage there. They were buying back. Like they bought a brand new vehicle and then the, the dealership called them and said, Hey, I will buy it back from you. Even a slightly, so, even buying slightly yeah. used vehicles. I've heard yeah. that's been going on because people are yeah. looking to buy a truck and they don't have mm-hmm. any to sell them. Um, right. So yeah, a lot of that stuff going on, but I've noticed it on social media that how many trucks that are for sale and it's like ridiculously high prices, but then it's like, yeah, you wonder why you posting that on there, but then it's like, well, they may be the only place they are. I mean, you may yeah. not be able to get one anywhere else. Well, and I mean, yeah. trucks usually seem to hold their value a little longer than other vehicles. Anyway, people would pay more for a truck than they would something else, but I, you're right. It's been a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm glad Interesting I'm times. Vehicle. I think it all. It should all balance out before too long. But. I hope so. <laughs> I just hope we're not on the bad end of it. <laughs> so we might could say that some of these price swings have been a little too much, right? I mean, mm-hmm. probably a little I mean, too much. Little, little too much. So maybe I know there's some country songs down there that out there that talk about too much um, oh. of of whatever. So what's what's too your much fun? What's that well, mean? God, gone it, Whitney. <laughs> like too much money sitting there talking on, you about you didn't up. have one <laughs> well when you I've said got too another much I, that immediately too much in my fun daryl singletary i've got another yeah. one what too much of a good thing it's a good thing who uh we've got a good thing going on that's a song are you serious you don't know that i don't know too I, much I, I have to hear about. a good thing Sing. it's a no, good thing don't know Oh, yeah, but I don't know who sings it. I don't think Daniel does either. Alan Jackson. <laughs> I know exactly what song you're talking about, but I don't remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about now. It is Alan Jackson, <laughs> huh. isn't it? Yep, it is. So, we've yep, got Alan yep. Jackson, too much of a good thing. I think that's what I said a while ago when y'all were telling we've me. We've got a good thing going about. on. Isn't that how it ends? Um. <laughs> So either one of those, <laughs> that one's a newer one than the too much. Fun, yeah. Though. 2004, which, yeah, I mean, that's mm-hmm. when was too much. Fun? Oh, too much fun is in the nineties. I can remember being like seven years old singing that. Yep. 1995. Well, and it was one of my yep. favorite songs growing up. So that's going to be our song this week. Yeah. Yeah. yeah okay. Cool. <laughs> right. That works. Well, that being said, that I works. think we're done this week. Okay. Yep. See you next week. We'll see y'all later. See you.